0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about boys and masculinity. And by the way, I'm sorry if my voice sounds strange. No, I did not take up chain smoking over the holidays. I've actually been super sick for the past week and I ended up losing my voice. I'm just now getting it back, but if I sound like Alex Jones that would be why. And before we get started, I do have a quick message from our awesome sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated premium, small-batch, roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast to order their coffees for you after you place an order to ensure that you receive the freshest coffee available. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they also have many available for purchase in single-serve coffee rounds. Black Rifle Coffee Company is committed to hiring 10,000 veterans as they grow, and they also give preference to veteran-owned businesses as their vendors and suppliers. The best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price, shipped free directly to your home or office every month. So wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com/lauren. That's blackriflecoffee.com/lauren and enter the discount code lauren to receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products including Black Rifle Coffee Club. So a while ago, a video went viral on social media of a dad and his son playing while both were dressed as Elsa from Frozen. It's funny, awesome. people had pretty mixed reactions to that. Some people thought it was great, look how much fun this dad and son are having, but others were more critical of it and said it represented how our culture is currently going through a shortage of masculinity. Personally, I think there's nothing wrong with a dad and his son goofing around, playing dress up, I really don't think there's any harm in that. But in fairness to the people who were concerned by that video, right now our culture does seem to have a bit of an obsession with emasculating boys. On social media, I'm constantly bombarded with images of little boys playing with traditionally female toys, dressing as princesses, little boys wearing makeup, or most concerningly, little boys in full-on drag. Now, I don't think any young child should be wearing makeup or be in drag regardless of gender, but when it comes to toys, Yeah, let your kids play with whatever they want to play with. There's no harm in letting little boys play with dolls or letting little girls play with Hot Wheels. Kids should be able to play with any toys they want, of course, but I feel like we see boys being pushed into stereotypically female roles so often now that I seriously doubt this is all coming from the kids themselves. Unfortunately, it's gotten to the point where behind almost every young boy wearing a princess costume, I'm pretty sure there's some intersectional feminist mother who sees it as her worn duty to emasculate her son in order to fight the patriarchy. Because remember, modern feminism sees most quintessentially masculine behaviors as toxic. So when feminism meets parenthood and raising boys, a huge part of the mission becomes, how do we beat any inherent male tendencies out of these boys? How do we turn these boys essentially into girls. And if any of you are thinking, wow, what a disturbing sexist lens to see little boys through, you're right, it absolutely is, but I'm not exaggerating. That is how these people view little boys. And to show you what I mean, I want us to go through the article, How to Raise Your Sons Without Toxic Masculinity, from the site The Good Men Project, which you guys might remember from the video we did a while ago on male feminists. In this piece, Crystal Jackson writes, quote, I consider myself a modern-day parent, an inclusive and intersectional feminist trying to raise children who don't feel constricted by gender norms or toxic masculinity. But it's difficult to be this kind of parent in a culture that's saturated in rape culture. Can you imagine having a parent like that? That's horrifying. But also, unless you're talking about, like, the UK or Sweden, where they will literally turn a blind eye to sexual assault, in the name of diversity, no, we are not living in a rape culture. But Jackson continues, quote, as a mother, I have many concerns for my daughter in this world, but I have an equal amount of concerns for my son. While my daughter will be taught how to be hyper-vigilant in this world in order to protect herself, my son will be told that girls must be protected from him and his urges. My daughter will walk the line of trying to be attractive without being too provocative, while my son will have to second-guess his interactions with girls while trying to appear masculine enough for other boys. Essentially, what this mother is saying is that her daughter will be raised to believe that the entire world is out to get her because she's a female, and her son will be brought up being told that his male nature is inherently dangerous, which is disgusting. I mean, are you trying to raise children that have emotional issues? Because that's exactly how you raise children that have emotional issues. Masculinity is not a bad thing. It's not something little boys need to be conditioned out of. But because feminism has so successfully demonized quintessentially male behaviors as dangerous, now little boys are actually being punished for what maybe 15 years ago would have been considered perfectly normal behavior. Take toys, for example. Now, when little boys play with toys that are traditionally associated with girls, whether it was their idea to do so or not, people can't shut up about how great and progressive it is. But on the other hand, when little boys engage in play that is more masculine, like role playing with fake weapons, for example, people lose their minds. There have been several instances where little boys, or heck even a little girl in one case, have gotten in trouble with their schools or even law enforcement for holding their fingers in the shape of a gun. As the Washington Post reports, one little girl, quote, extended her forefinger to imitate a gun and pointed at four students last month. Then she turned the pretend gun on herself. The girl, who was reported on the school's anti-bullying app, now faces a felony for threatening her classmates. And in another story reported by CNN, a 10-year-old was suspended for making fingers into the shape of a gun. According to his father, Paul Etting, he was pointing it at a friend's head and he said, boom, the kid didn't see it, no other kid saw it, but the teacher saw it, he said. It wasn't threatening, it wasn't hostile, it was a 10-year-old kid playing. The next morning, Paul Etting escorted his son Nathan to the principal's office, where they met with Devonshire Alternative Elementary School principal Patricia Price. She said if it happened again, the suspension would be longer, if not permanent. And finally, in another story from the Huffington Post, a Colorado first grader was suspended from school after pointing his fingers at a classmate in the shape of a gun. Elijah Six of Colorado Springs also said you're dead when he made the gesture. He was suspended for one day because the school has a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to threats. And if that craziness weren't enough, recently a Nerf gun commercial also drew the ire of a consumer group for marketing assault weapon toys to children. Wow! This is so cool! Thanks, Mom and Dad! Happy holidays! Uncle Bob! This is so awesome! Thanks, Uncle Bob! (laughs) Birthday stuff. Excuse me. Look what I found. This is huge! You guys are the best! (laughs) I hope I'm not too late. Happy holidays! Whoa! Yep, that ad apparently upset some people and as the blaze writes, quote, the group the Empire State Consumer Project wrote a letter to the board of Hasbro, the company that produces the Nerf toys, questioning the reasons such toy guns are so heavily marketed. When your products themselves violate most of your proclaimed corporate values, something is very wrong, the letter reads. How does promoting play with huge automatic weapons create joy, creativity and connection around the world and across generations and make the world a better place for children? How do these weapon products use your business as a force for good? Who would this child be shooting with his cache of assault weapons? As we watch holiday toy commercials, we see the Nerf Ultra 1 and other extreme Nerf machine guns for children and are reminded of mass shootings that have devastated American children and families for decades now. As someone who grew up with a brother, let me tell you, little boys like to play pretend with fake weapons, okay? If you've ever been around young boys, you'll know that anything that could either be a gun or a sword, will be used as either a gun or a sword. And There's nothing wrong with that. Little boys liking to play make-believe with guns doesn't mean they're likely to grow up to be violent any more than little girls liking to play princesses means they're likely to grow up to favor patriarchal hereditary monarchies. Obviously, not every little boy is going to be into shooting and cowboys and Indians and stuff like that, which is fine, but there's nothing wrong with the ones that are. They don't need to be fixed. They don't need to be corrected. And considering that some experts seem more than happy to call any little boy who plays with dolls, actually a trans girl now, the implications of trying to break down the gender barriers of children's toys while at the same time asserting that playing with toys typical of the opposite gender is indicative of gender dysphoria is really confusing. Specifically, as one NBC article recently noted, quote, transgender children may start to identify with toys and clothes typical of their gender identity from a very young age, a recent study suggests. Trans kids are showing strong identities and preferences that are different from their assigned sex, lead author Celine Gilgoth said in a press statement. So basically, right now we have people telling little boys and their parents that masculinity is bad, it's great if little boys play with toys for girls, but also, playing with toys meant for girls may be a sign that your son is actually trans. And I know that may sound like an oversimplification, but if it is one, it's an accurate one. In fact, the whole trans children thing is becoming so overdone that, in the UK at least, psychologists are resigning from their jobs over what they say is the overdiagnosis of gender dysphoria in kids. Laura Donnelly from the Telegraph writes that quote: "A transgender clinic has been hit by 35 resignations in three years as psychologists warn of overdiagnoses of gender dysphoria among children." The whistleblower said too many children were being put on puberty-blocking drugs when they should not have been given in the diagnosis. Former staff said they were unable to properly assess patients over fears they will be branded transphobic. The concerns were raised by six psychologists who have resigned from London's Children's Gender Identity Service in the past three years. One psychologist who wished to remain anonymous said, our fears are that young people are being overdiagnosed and then over-medicalized. One psychologist said, the alarm started ringing for me. I didn't feel able to voice my concerns or when I did I was often shut down by other affirmative clinicians. Looking back, there are young people who I now wouldn't necessarily put on medication. Data shows the number of children treated at the Gender Identity Development Service has risen more than 30-fold in a decade, from 77 to 2,590. I know this video is about masculinity and boys, but I also want to say that it's okay if boys aren't masculine. Some little boys do just prefer playing with princesses and That's fine. It doesn't automatically mean they're actually trans girls. For the amount that they rail against things like gender roles, it's kind of funny how with the whole trans kids thing, progressives are actually, in a way, enforcing gender roles. But another way that our society is currently failing young boys is by not knowing how to deal with their rambunctiousness. Between the ever-growing amount of single mothers out there and school systems that are pretty much dominated by female teachers and counselors, it's increasingly common for young boys to grow up with only or overwhelmingly female caretakers. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but a lot of women, even ones who you would think should know better, like teachers or psychologists, may be so much more used to dealing with female sensibilities that, by comparison, males or young boys can seem overactive or overly aggressive when in reality they're just boys. And what this has amounted to in many western countries is boys being over diagnosed with things like ADHD and being needlessly medicated just because parents and schools aren't properly equipped to handle them. As one Harvard Health Publishing Post describes, quote, experts estimate that 5% is a realistic upper limit of children with ADHD, but in many areas of the country, up to 33% of white boys are diagnosed with ADHD. And as Dr. Christopher Lane writes in Psychology Today, there is quote, a well-established pattern of overdiagnosing ADHD in boys based on a tendency among evaluators to overrate male externalizing behavior. So often now, boys are being treated as if they're inherently problematic, as if they need to be fixed or cured, which is not fair to them. And of course, I think a huge part of this problem is due to the prominence of certain ideologies that believe that men are pretty much the root of all problems. But even more than that, I think we also need to acknowledge how so many fathers being absent from the home is contributing to this as well. Around one out of every four children in the U.S. is being raised in a fatherless home right now, and that number is even even higher among certain demographic groups in black communities for example a whopping three out of every four children are being raised in a single-parent household and I know so many single mothers out there are doing an amazing job the best that they can with their kids and of course sometimes life is unpredictable and uncontrollable but fathers are important and children right now especially boys are being harmed by growing up without their fathers present as Barack Obama noted in 2008 children who grew up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves, and the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. Hey, I have a crazy idea. How about in 2020 we accept the fact that boys are different than girls and that's okay, and we focus on trying to keep families together? Hmm? Doesn't that sound good? In any case, I think I'm gonna go drown myself in lozenges right now, but as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Do you think our society is emasculating, boys? Why or why not? And if so, what can we do to stop it? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.